Hello everyone, welcome to Nerdy People Play D&D, where we play games with pens, paper, dice, and our imagination. Thanks for joining us. And everyone, welcome to Nerdy People Play D&D, where we're going to play D&D in the Margrave. It's going to be great. Um, last episode, our brave heroes, well, some of our brave heroes and I sat down and had a long talk about the Margrave, how we're fighting it all, and, and I think we had a really lovely chat about how to actually, like, design dungeons and dragon stuff. Um, however, in the last episode where we actually did, like, you know, plot and game-like stuff, um, our brave heroes defeated the Weeping Tree, and in their victory, we're returning to Lavoka Village. Um... As you guys are walking from the clearing and trying to find your way back onto the path, uh, you find yourselves meandering. Can I get a survival or nature roll from anyone who has either of those skills? May I do? I do too. Not very good. It's a 23 oh, from Huddleford. Oh, Oh. Oh, yeah, lovely. Wow. All right. No team survival. No need to fight, guys. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. some serious survival. So, choke. You realise that what you've actually found is a small shortcut back to Lavoka, which will do, which will actually shorten your way back home, which is great. Um, so as you guys travel, trundle along the um, the footpath, you come upon a small clearing, and in this clearing, you it, it, like you can see like the remnants of a path made of sandstone, and next to this path, you can see what looks to be like a some kind of metal humanoid creature. Like, is it just alive? Standing there? Yeah, just standing there. Is it, is it shiny? It's, it would be once you clear all the moss and the lesion off of it. It's hmm. a lot of work. It is a lot of work. Can, uh, um, can, I, can I go up and like tap it and see what happens? I go up and tap it and see what happens. You, you make a, it, it, it makes a lovely metallic sound. And as you tap it, you notice a small bottle and a note, like on the ground, right next to it. Oh, well, I bend over and pick that up and examine Excellent. it further. The note says, I've rusted and I can't move on. Dear being who reads this note, the contents of this bottle are oil of slipperiness. Slipperiness. Please apply a mere handful to most of my joints. An operation should recommence forthwith. Um, can, can I do an insight check on an inanimate rusted figure? <laughs> you can. I'll allow it. <laughs> can, can you describe you this, me, paper? Yeah, right. this figure to us? Sure. Um, it does resemble rather a dapper kind of gentleman. I mean... It looks what I mean. It, it looks to be like kind of like what looks like a top hat on its head and a monocle over its left eye, and it's holding kind of a, a quarterstaff in like a large cane, kind of thing. I mean, you can tell that this is one erudite-looking metal man with your twelve insight, and it certainly looks trustworthy. I don't know. Entirely metal. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the monocle is made of glass. And what type of metal? Um. 
don't know. Um, I don't know. I'm feeling kind of weird with that whole. We've just had a wooden construct. I don't know if I really want to reanimate a metal construct at this point. What's yeah, everyone else true. feeling? So, who, who did... well, I feel like Cameron's sitting right there, so I feel like we should reanimate. <laughs> oh, Otherwise, oh, this, this is this awkward. situation. Okay. Hoonan is kind of like, you know what? Maybe it is worth a little bit of effort. And then he would have like a personal personal walking talking robot, which would be cool. Should we So he, he would... uh, I will I will point out, um most of you in fact Hoonan would probably have a pretty decent chance of knowing about this. You know this is probably a gear forged. Gear forged. Yes. Huddleford suggests that we start just um lubricating the jaw. Okay. How tall hang on, how, so how, how tall the is jaw. it? How tall oh, is this this uh, figure? This is when Josh wishes he had that um, character sheet in front of him. Cameron, how tall is your lad? Uh, about five and a half foot. He's sort of a very slender build, but uh, but uh, quite compact. Okay. Oh, well, given given that Chirk's carrying the picked up the oil, um, and. Reaching a five-foot jaw for a, a seven-foot figure is no effort at all. Um, I'll take the advice and uh, lubricate the jaw. Although the top hat does add about another foot. Okay, you're still not as tall as me, though, so... <laughs> <laughs> not that it's a competition. Um, so, yes, uh, jaw has been uh, oiled. Okay, um... Cameron, your character can now speak. Goodness me. Hello. Grease me. Yeah, yeah, we've done we've <laughs> We've done the job. We've got to get to know you better before we grease the rest of you. So ease up there. Grease me. <sighs> Sorry. Chirk will just, why Chirk we, just hands, why did we grease some... hands the oil to someone else and just steps back. I, I'll like put some on in his eyes. Grease won't take it. Grease is too scared. How, how are you reaching his eyes? He... I'll just flick it at him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm jumping. <laughs> it's like a hedgehog communion. Baptism. Yeah. Okay, so now he can talk and he can look around. His eyes swivel around in circles, kind of going in alternate directions for a few moments, and the monocle retracts back into his skull and then pops back out as he looks in somewhat bewilderment at uh, at the raven and the hedgehog dancing around in front of him. Oh, that's... Huddleford calls, falls back and curls into a, like a ball... <laughs> I pick up the I pick up the bull hedgehog and hand it to to Chirk. <laughs> and I go, I, I go. How, Not how that did, small. <laughs> how did how did you end up on the side of the road all rusted? Oh, you lost your shininess. Uh, it it it's it's a curse. I've been I've been here a long time. Are you friend or foe? I mean, we just killed a wooden one of you. I wouldn't want to 
you know. One. Please, uh, just please me. I'll come back out. What's your I name? I am Tikomir. I don't mean to sound like a broken record, but this is really uncomfortable. Please grease me. Give it here. Give it here, Chuck. And I, I take the the grease, and I start greasing him. Oh, that's good. How do you spell tickle? Oh yeah, just the, oh yeah, oh oh in there. Yeah, that's right. Deep. Oh, oh, get it in there. Yep. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so those hard to reach areas, like that area right at the back, like right between the shoulder blades. Oh, that's good. Yeah! Oh, slip it in! Oh! I need an adult. God, man, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't felt that in so long! Uh, do you guys, do you two need some time? Do I need to, like, you know, put an explicit warning at the beginning of this podcast? Oh. <laughs> he seems to like that, Hunan. <laughs> Tudor has like stopped and like taken like five steps back. Please, enough with the top. Lower, lower. He's like, he's like, he's like, he's like, Chuck, can have this back. No, no, Chuck's not touching this. This is, this is moved somewhere else entirely. The Chuck is thoroughly not uncomfortable about, but doesn't feel a particular need to get involved with. Alright, I just. I just walk up and I just cut off his. I just pour it, like, over him. Over, o- cut off over his rolling around laughing. Creature. Oh, that's so good. Oh, Chris, how you feeling, buddy? Hunan <laughs> <laughs> uh, like doesn't step. But he like you know those like those bird hops. He like hops back. <laughs> Arms and joints start swiveling and popping independent of each other as he slowly sort of limbers up. Uh, who is it that was seven foot tall? That's Chirk. Chirk, looking up at Chirk, he sort of stretches to his full height, and his top hat, the cylindrical extension, just pops up another six inches. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> Chuck just kind of just kind of <laughs> actively chooses to ignore that. And slowly <laughs> as the oil reaches his knees and ankles, he starts to step in the step on the spot and uh, and starts to walk in small circles. He picks up his quarter staff and starts to, to just wave it around a little bit to get the articulation back in his wrists. Oh, I can't thank you enough. It's been a long and painful wait for someone to come along and grease me up. How long? How long have you... Yeah. Well, I hope you don't mind that I'm naked, but when I was stuck here, I was wearing clothes. They all seem to have just worn away. That doesn't really answer the question. How long have you been here for? I mean, someone could have undressed you, really. Clothes aren't a measure. Tikimir looks around the trees. Where are we? 
The old Margrave Forest. Just near Lavoka? It can it be? Where are we really? No, that's that's mm. where we are. He would know. North of Lavoka. These trees look so so faint and lifeless. Where's the where's the monster trunks that I saw just a moment ago? We can't I think he's been yeah. here a long time. I did shut Should down we... and sleep for a very long time once the rust set in. It's I would have expected him to have it is it is him, right? I'm not quite sure. Um, well, I would have expected you then to have seen trees grow rather than shrink, or is or should we? It's and at this point, Chuck turns to everyone else and says, "Do we? Should we take take this this edges gestures? Unsure how to describe um, to Mother Mulvor. Would she know more about the history? And we can kind of." Uh, fill in however long it's been for possibly for this. he might be talking about the awakening the forest is sick and it may have actually declined I'm hoping Mother Mulva will have some understanding of uh, how quickly it's declined to maybe fill in the gaps for for for, for Tikumir Unless he aged backwards, that's a possibility. Time traveling, time traveling. Uh... Well, it depends how deep he slept. That's true. So, are you guys heading back to the village? Um, I think that's the that was the thrust of my argument, anyway. Tikamir, you should come with us. We know someone very wise who knows this area and she might be able to help. Plus, you're kind of dirty. You may want to, you know, scrub Aye, up I tell you, a bath and a good robe oh. would be welcome. I I throw him some of my, um... Like, I have some costume clothes. Like, just to... Just to cover him up. Like, I'm like, here. Here you go. Th- thank they you. They should fit. Is he a... A fully articulated uh, metallic man? Or are we talking sort of Kendall situation? <laughs> you mean fully articulated? Which generation of the bicentennial man is he? There's <laughs> <laughs> probably a socket for an attachment long lost. <laughs> I will let you, you always decide lose that, the accessories, Cam. don't you? I, nope, no. You always the DM lose the not. accessories. The DM and is letting you decide that. <laughs> Are you iron, cr- copper? He appears to be made of something more valuable. Of a number of uh, strange alloys, and the entire some of the inner workings of his body are visible through the articulated plates of his body, where you can see some mechanics and clockwork ticking away underneath the plates. So Ooh. every part of him appears to have been uh, custom made for this form. Kunin is just wow. calculating dollar signs at this point. Can I can I point out? Um, you now have a uh, a large bipedal animal type member of your party, a scary crow, 
uh, a small animal for comic relief and a metal man. I resent that. And a bear. I know where you're going with this. If any Where's of you the, want to start singing about ah, going off ah, to see some kind of magic user... <laughs> look. Um, I must admit, I was singing Slide Some Oil To Me all through that whole section. If people are familiar with The Wiz, I can't deny that that was something that was floating around in my brain. I also Wait, I thought the, uh, yes, the, I think the path made of sandstone are. blocks would kind of give it away, but I'm glad to... There we go. <laughs> You're off to see or could, the mother. Maybe I'm Dorothy. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was Dorothy. That means I'm the scarecrow. I, I resent that. No, no, no. No, no, you're the no, scary I thought, crow. I thought the crow was the scarecrow. No, no, no. Human. Uh, not a scarecrow. Scary crow. Scary crow. Scary crow. Scary crow. Okay. Pun. I, I'm doing so my that best. Means you, you have to be Dorothy then. Turkey Dorothy. <laughs> sure, I'll Wait, lean into that. Absolutely. Missing? I mean, te- technically, I mean, um, Huddleford could wild shape into a small dog. It's true. That's true. Your new nickname like is Toto. Well, if we're Perfect off to see addition. your old wise woman, how do you spell? It looks like I'm missing parts. It may have been taken for junk, so maybe she can help me find my junk. Should we look around for junk? Um. Turk's definitely not into looking around right? for this junk. Turk is going to kind of just wait at the edge of the clearing patiently, but just wait for everyone else to finish. Oh, I found a nut. <laughs> hey, that's one of mine. Give it here. Is this your horse? <laughs> now, forgive me. I didn't properly introduce uh, myself. Uh, no. I am Tikamir of uh, the Wizard of the Margrave. Hey. Whoa, wizard. I, I... How do you spell Tikamir? Don't interrupt. Now, I've been... I've <laughs> been you here some time. <laughs> but, uh... This does not look like the Margrave I last saw. The, the trees are small and, and sickly and... And, well... I'm a little put off by a talking hedgehog. Where did you come from? Uh, another forest not far from here. There's lots of hey. us. We're friendly. Uh, Tikami, you could roll a um, a nature um, to see if you know what an Erina is. If you wish. I'm not going to make you. I'm just trying to remember my stats and now my mouse isn't working, so bear with me a moment. All right. You're powered by a mouse? <laughs> no, he's sort of weird. I've got a, I've got a wee, uh, place to keep them around the back. <laughs> I like him. Let's keep him. Uh, and, and, and to answer um, your, your question, Cam, um, I'll tell you when you can stop. <laughs> All right, well, I rolled a 13 for nature. <laughs> Uh, Thirteen. I would say you've 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 heard of what Erina are, although they don't often come to the attention of any any serious scholars. I resent that. Well, it's it's probably because <laughs> it's kind of like hobbits in Lord of the Rings. Like you guys are more likely to like take cover and 
just get away from people and it's kind of one of those things where it's like and party and have festivals well, and yes. talk to trees that and generally and, and stay and, away from and, and your crazy mating rituals um so you guys do make it back to laboka um as you it, it takes only a couple of hours to get back like it's, it's not a huge walk in this particular case um, and as you um approach the village mother Mulvor uh approaches each of you excellent you're all here well as can i just say as we're journeying back uh Tikamir is continuously casting uh little mending cantrips on various parts of his body just repairing all of the the gears and connections that are slightly out of place so as the as we walk towards the village bit by bit his stride gets more confident and he actually starts to move his arms more fluidly and stop twerking as much as he walks you do notice that the panels that you cast mend on some of them take on an odd greenish tinge um not because they're like mold covered or anything it's just a weird weird little part of your magic use just a little idiosyncrasy Tikamir can you oil yourself usually I can look after myself well enough but uh, as I said I was cursed some time ago and uh, well all I could really do was get that note on the can before I rusted solid. Ah. Couldn't you... So most of the time you're okay. I do my best. Couldn't you put grease on yourself instead of writing the letter? Cursed. That's enough questions out to you. How I grease myself is none of your business. <laughs> also cursed. Well, you're all back. None of you appear to be dead. And and she looks over at the bull, which is just... It, it's lost its, like, extraordinarily angry edge to it. And it's just placidly eating grass. Um, and the have calmed down. Can Chuck go up to her and greet her formally but warmly uh, and just relay briefly the uh, outcome of the uh, situation with the third tree? But when you say formally but warmly, what, what does that involve? Um, with the respect that she absolutely deserves, but, um, but as a, as a friend, she bows, she bows. Oh yeah. No, I'm not, I'm not Chirks. Maybe, maybe Chirks bowing. I don't know, but no, like clearly like respectfully, but like, um, fondly, if that makes sense. She, she, she picks up on it. She picks up on it. Good to see you all. As a as a complete opposite, he uh, Hunan will will mimic in her voice. Yes, clearly not dead. Shh. We need her help. Well, you never know. Don't offend her. The day's young. Um. So yeah, fill her in on what happened, and do we introduce our new friend? This is like kind of stage whisper to well, everyone. You else. made it back. Well done. Tikamir steps forward without waiting for signals and just offers his hand. They call you Mother of Mulville. Mulvall. You're not of the Western Mulvilles, are you? You don't know Sergei, do you? First of all, Mulvall. Second, no, 
I'm my own woman. Ah, oh. hey, you look a bit like him, you know. Anyway, take him here, Wizard of the Margrave. Pleasure to make your acquaintance. She shakes your hand reasonably politely. She doesn't know what to make of you yet. Didn't you pass through here some time ago? Oh, I presume so. Still, still gathering the memory back, if you know what I mean. Hmm. I think you'd left something that the children picked up and put in the bell of the church. Ah, I've lost my junk. Have they found it? It's about this long. Right now, it's used to ring the bell in the church. Now who's got the clapper? Well done, guys. Very proud of you all. This this game is generated. (laughs) It went downhill real bad. I thought this was like a dark, a dark one. It wasn't. It funny. was supposed to be, and yet in twenty what minutes, happened? who's joking? <laughs> who's joking? I'm completely serious. That's the problem. <laughs> I suppose you'll need rest, each of you. Um, now, what we're going to do now, everyone, is we're going to help everyone level up uh, because they're now all level three. Ray. Um, who would like to go first? I'm happy to. Okay. Heath, um, how does Huddleford get from level two to level three? Well, um, after the direwolf attack and the sort of bolder than usual wolves attacked Lavoka, Huddleford's been having nightmares of being chased by wild dogs lately um and they sort of nip at his heels and he has to climb a tree or burrow to escape and for some reason he's so frightened he can't wild shape or or turn to fight them and his friends aren't there um so he sort of folk after they rested he decided to focus on that fear and turn it into a, a strength uh by through meditation and he now thinks, uh, and and he collected a direwolf tooth for when they fought the direwolf, uh, and so he attaches that to his fancy stick, and through meditation, the right words, and a wiggle of his fancy stick, he can now cast a spell called um, Nip at the Heels, which is a, a, a Margrave spell um, that uh, is a debuff, so we'll... Look forward to seeing what that's like. So a pack of wolves basically harasses the person until, uh, as an illusion. Um, so that's his first new ability. He also noticed during the battle that the the melding of the flesh of the heads and and the bark of the tree from the singing tree um, was quite robust and resisted the swords and attacks and claws of the bear and was very strong and he thought that like his friend Chirk or his connection to the forest instead of that being an abomination the melding of bark and flesh could be a a protective force so sort of again through meditation imagining himself traveling along the fey lines through the forest and his connection to the trees he believes he can um, with the right words and given freely from a hardwood tree can 
harden his skin like bark even uh, while he's transformed. Um, and I would say also, if I may add a little thing, um, as you were walking from the weeping tree uh, back to the village, um, mm -hmm. a small chunk of hard bark fell off of a tree right in front of him. And when he picked it up, it felt warm. Like the forest was showing some level of gratitude for destroying the abomination. Well, I'll definitely wrap that to my fancy stick. Excellent. And um, my final thing is the tree and the giant centipedes use poisons. And I saw how effective Chirk's crossbow attacks were from a distance. And Arena usually don't worry about poison because they eat all sorts of things and uh, have a resistance and a... And a immunity to, uh, or resistance to poisons but um he thinks with a little study and and attaching a fine thread to his fancy stick he may be able to pull back an illusory bow and launch a volley of poisonous arrows excellent so that is over a few days because you guys are essentially taking a few days to kind of just rest and, and do all the leveling up and, and studying and everything um sure so basically he's just building on things he's observed and, and combat and, and just learning from the creatures he's fighting and also his allies. Excellent. Um, Dan, we'll do you next because you're actually like next to Heath in the portrait thing on roll 20. So, um, Dan, how does Chirk start to level up? Um, after the the situation sort of reflecting on the walk back after the situation with the with the tree and the hollow man the sort of the returning victorious situation doesn't feel as triumphant to chirk as it probably looks from the outside there was something unsettling about the whole experience sort of being as a as a as a piney as someone who is uh, of the of the trees uh, being attacked by a wooden construct who was working in service of a tree. The whole thing felt uh, completely counter to anything positive, especially with Chirk being someone who kind of, with their youthful training as just a village protector, ensuring that things were in balance, um, they hadn't ever really expected to actually find something somewhere that was so completely out of balance. Um, so Chirk's leveling up comes from over the next few days, um, really spending some time with Mother Mulvor to get an understanding of how the forest here works. Uh, Chirk sharing their experience as a protector of a sort of remote piney village and getting her perspective on what being a protector of Lavoka means. So that he can, I start to make that part of his being, a part of their being, uh, understand what protector of the forest means away from where Chirk's experience is, where forest means basically your family. Um, yeah. And as part of that, sort of the, the getting some information from Mother Mulvor, uh, things start to blossom, as it were. Um, yeah, sorry. Um, uh, they, they pick up the, uh, entangle spell, that connection with, with 
uh, their own nature as sort of extended into the forest and so the the entangle spell the ability to conjure something out of the ground itself and experimenting with the the hollow man scythe which uh people may recall it comes with the the tree stride spell once a day so every day chirk is just stepping in and out of a tree just to learn how that works but also sort of connect with the, the physicality of moving through a tree can you can you give me an arcana roll oh i can um thank you let me do that arcana is 19 oh perfect um as you cast tree stride you find like this it almost feels like this deeper vein in the tree and you emerge not from the tree you intended but into a different clearing. And as you emerge from the tree, you see this small herd of Alshade. Now, for people who haven't read the supplement, Alshade are like elven deer centaur people. Uh, they're very lithe, they're very graceful. Uh, they have like cool antlers coming out of their heads. They look really cool. Um, and as you emerge, you see that there are like some very flighty members of the herd they they immediately start bounding away but one in particular and you in a glance you recognize this is the 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 leader of the herd he he stands his ground at you um well i very much stand my ground uh back at him and formally uh introduce myself and explain where i've come from and just try to get to know them and learn from them in the midst of your explanation he simply charges you and shoves you back through the tree oh which is weird because you have no understanding how that may work and as you emerge from the tree you see mother molvor standing nearby smoking a pipe (sighs) would try that again tomorrow but wear this she says What's she? And she gives you what looks like a woodland token that you would wear around your neck. Nice. Okay. I put that on and gratefully uh, ask her, like, what does it do? It'll let him know the score. Did... If he touches you like that again, you let me know and I'll tan his damn hide. Who who are they? Mm, Alshade. They're... They're like you, but flightier, more elven. Not, I don't always have time for them. They're lovely. They're, they're wonderful, wonderful folk. But flighty and formal and standoffish. I helped their former herd leader out once and, well, that one's a, he's a bully sometimes. Yeah, no, I, that's, but, that, that checks out. Yes. Uh, so, so I absolutely try that again. Go back yeah, no, step. absolutely. With okay, with the excellent. with the the knowledge that, that Mother Molvor sort of knows them, and with whatever protection this token gives me, yeah, absolutely. I would. Do I need to like do anything to find the same tree again, no. or that's I know the I know the route now. In in this case, no. You you know it this time, and and Mother Molvor is there to guide you in as well. So you, you're able to easily find it, no problems. Cool. 
Huddleford butts, butts in and says, it's all the bucking of heads, and he kind of makes antlers with his fingers and then sort of rams himself into church. <laughs> Similar, yes. He's a possessive fellow. Uh, okay, so as you go back and you emerge this time, he makes like he's going to do it again, and then as he's about to hit you, he stops because he sees the thing on your neck. Wow, it worked. Cool. All right. Um, so I formally introduce myself again and explain um, explain the, the sort of the journey on, that I'm on, that I'm working with Mother Mulvor, um, trying to become a increase my skills and understanding of the forest so that I can become a uh, a broader skilled protector. He smiles. He, you, you can tell he, 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 he apologizes first of all. I should not have done that. I apologize. Please allow me to make amends. And he starts to work with you with your spell casting as well. Like you can tell he's quite powerful when it comes to his connection to the Margrave and the magic there. And it, it doesn't take long. It's more just like teaching you how to align yourself. Not so much how to cast spells, but where to draw the power from. Yes, um, that works really well. I, I pick up from him the, the skill to kind of draw on the living essence of the forest to my advantage. Um, mm-hmm. Whether that's uh, in a combative situation but also sort of an increased connection to get a sense of what's what's in the forest, where previously my skills, I could identify sort of large beasts, uh, demons, fiends, that kind of a thing from their presence in the forest, from my basic training. What I get from... Does this fellow have a name? I forgot to ask. Uh, yeah, he does. Uh, it is Karawana. Karawana. Um, Karawana gives me the ability to... Uh, identify um, more as humanoid creatures as well, rather than just mm. the uh, crazed monster situation, which I used to be able to to pick up on. Okay, um, as you make to go, he, uh, sorry, as he makes to send you back, he gently, and, and I want to point like, sorry, I should have described him first. Um, he he's rather. He's a strapping kind of dude. Like, he's got reasonably decent shoulders. You, you, I mean, he does. He takes care of himself. He runs a lot. Now, I'm um, on all four legs, can, which is great. Can I just interrupt and you? He's got one of those Mr. Tumnus style beards. Oh, yeah. Okay. Sorry. I'll no, I just you. wanted to clarify because we didn't actually describe this. Have I remembered correctly in that the Al Shade are kind of like deer centaurs? Or have I got that mixed up? Yes. Yes. Okay, cool. No, no, no. El- Elven deer centaur people. Cool. But he, but he has a, a, a Mr. Tumnus-style beard. Buff Mr. Tumnus-style beard. Yeah. Cool. Buff Mr. Yeah, yeah actually, yeah. We're, and he does have a pretty decent set of staghorns on his head. Out of character, I'm definitely asking for his number. Um, sorry, you can edit that out. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> when I was describing this in my head, I was like, what can uh-huh. I do to <laughs> get it, Dan? <laughs> um as you as he goes to send you back, he does lay a hand on your chest, and he blows on you gently, like, 
And where he blows, you feel warm. This is that this, this is the compact between us. I that's like physically a kind of weird experience for the the tree part of of Chirk. Um, so while kind of reeling from that, Chirk tries respectfully to acknowledge and uh, return the gesture with a bow, but not knowing how to physically uh, impart the same feeling. He touches your hand and then he sends you back through the tree. Cool. Cool. And you are now level three. Ding. Yep. You dinged. Yay. Um, Daniel. How does right, so Grizz go, go about things? So the fight with the Hollow Man uh, shook Grizz like basically to his core. He's, he's pretty much lost all confidence in his abilities. Um, it's like the first time he's ever come up against something that he had no effect on. Um, so it's kind of, he's, he's scared for himself and his friends that he's, you know, he's basically his brute strength can't stop something like that. Um, so he's, he's kind of, he is emoting. He's so scared. Yeah. Yeah. He's kind of just, he's more reserved than he used to be. He's just very, uh, like heaps less confident and he's just not sure. Um, but basically, you know, he's, he's just scared with everything and it, that makes him angry and he's just sort of yeah. trying to deal with these new emotions because he's normally so confident and carefree. Um, but now he's... Mother, really Mother Molvor approaches him and pokes him with a stick. And what do you think you're doing? Nothing. Exactly. She pokes him again. And that's not hey. gonna get anything done. He stands up so so suddenly, uh, and he sort of he loses. He sort of snaps. He's like, "Stop!" And he's, he almost pushes no! him back a bit, and then realizes what he's done. And he and he and she pokes him again. And he uh, he stands up really tall. And he's like, "Stop it!" No. And she pokes him. They and, uh, need you to be better. She's poking you with each like syllable of, of that too. Just in case Josh's voice acting is terrible. <laughs> he basically, he goes to like attack her with his, with his claws and like, and like a roars in her face, but like holds himself back. But like, he's just like, he doesn't know what he's doing. He just goes to almost kill her. And then last second holds himself back and he sort of looks shocked. He just doesn't know what's happened. She smiles. She's very, it's a very self-satisfied, like kind of half smirk smile. Uh, anyone familiar with Australian politi- politics will know exactly what that looks like. Um, that is what you bring, young man. Uh, what? Well, I, I don't know what happened. Sit down, Grizz. And she sits down next to you. He instantly flops down. You have nothing to fear. Everything should fear you. That rage you carry is the greatest weapon you have to protect those you care for. Don't hide from it. Don't run from it. Use it. But always remember, you're better than it. It doesn't make the decisions. You do, young man. And then she gets up. He sort of... Mind how you go, Grizz. Sort of looking at his... 
feet contemplating what she said. It'll be there when you need it. And and she just kind of wanders out. As she wanders off, Huddleford just pokes her with his fancy stick in the butt. <laughs> <laughs> that makes Christmas. Can you whisper? They're just no. shrugs when yeah, she turns around. <laughs> that's yeah, so that's basically uh my level three uh getting the frenzy ability basically. The Berserker. More into the Berserker yeah. role. <laughs> Berserker. Yeah. We've made that joke eight times. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> um, Huddleford, she ignores you. Absolutely. Just walks on. And um, Anthony, how does uh, Hunan level up? So Hunan probably witnessed uh, the whole Grizz thing go down. But in terms of... Uh, how he's feeling Hunan, this is the first time Hunan actually has a tale worth telling Like this is the first opportunity to fully go out and just tell this awesome epic tale and so he's travelling around the, the town going to each town member regaling this tale of battle of adventure in the forest um Every every retelling becomes even more uh, like his uh, putting more on it every time. It's just getting more elaborate. So uh, in the first telling, it was pretty pretty similar to how it actually went down. And by the time he's reached sort of the last villager. It's this epic tale of swarms of beasts. You know, Grizz is tearing them apart limb from limb. Uh, you know, Chirk is entangling swarms of creatures, is tearing this tree down. Uh, Huddlefoot is changing shapes into these monstrous creatures and is just tearing through waves and waves of enemies. Uh, and I'm there at their back, keeping them all alive, keeping them safe, being the protector of the entire group. <laughs> um, and, and, and by the time I, I finish telling this tale, it is like I have everyone in raptures. Uh, and this is how I get my enthralling performance and also how I uh, get my mantle of inspiration as well. Excellent. Tell it again, um, tell that, it again. That last villager, um, it strikes you as odd that you've never seen her before, but she, okay. she's this, like, monstrously old woman, haggard yeah. and, and misshapen from age. And as you come around, um, as you finish your tell, she flicks you a pure golden coin. Tested in the beak. Yeah, natural as far as you can tell, it's it's pure gold. Hmm. I, I, I'd say thank you. Thank you. Hopefully, hopefully the, the tile sealed. Okay. And her eyes flash with a small amount of magical energy, and she just you know disappears into the ground. 
I've had a very long night. I should <laughs> probably. I I look down just to see if I'm carrying like a, a tankard of something, and I, I assume I'm not. But I'm like, maybe I. <laughs> you might have down somewhere. Yeah. Look, Hubbard's around. There could have been a lot of things in that tankard. Chirks clearly spiked the drink somehow. <laughs> I don't know how. Chirks not the one I'd suspect. <laughs> <laughs> slander lies and slander. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't suspect Chirk of that. I'd look lower down. But that that gold coin goes that that goes in the like I have I have like a coin pouch, but then I also have like a secret coin pouch, but then I have a secret secret coin pouch, and that goes in the secret secret coin pouch. Excellent. Now, um, Cam, we didn't really ask what your character is all about. Uh, you said wizard. Um, not a bard this time. Uh, what what is um, Tico? What's his name again? Tico Mir. Mir. Tico Mir. Thank Tico you. Tico Mir. What what is Tico Mir all about? Uh, from a game perspective or a character perspective? Yes, yeah, a bit of both. <laughs> what so, do you feel comfortable sharing so far? Well, that's what I'm asking. Who is the, do you want? Do you want this information from me or for the characters? That's a good question. Say what Tikomir would be comfortable telling the characters. Get off my lawn. <laughs> to which Turk responds, "It is everybody's lawn. It is a communal lawn." Chris stands up. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Tikamir, Tikamir is well. I mean, does does any, does everybody know about the gear forged uh, people? No, Chuck definitely wouldn't. Is that no, common someone. knowledge? Someone. What what do what do I know of the gear forged? Give me history or arcana roll. Those who believe you may know about them. Yeah, I, I would say Hunan probably. Okay. Yeah, Grizz, you paid attention when you when yeah, you were in bear school. Um, yeah, I've heard the stories. So yeah, you you do know what gear forged are roughly. They're they're essentially um, someone has put their soul into a soul gem and then had that soul gem inserted into a, uh, a, a an enchanted met, met, magical metal body. My my ear my if I had ears they would have perked up at soul gem. <laughs> Not so much at the soul part, just at the gem part. <laughs> I was like, what? What? So, gems? So, generally, so Tikamir belongs to a wizard college, and it was because of the, uh, they are a college of geomancers studying the way magic moves through the land. And because their magic and their studies take place over a geological scale, becoming gear forged is part of the initiation into the college so that they can live long enough to actually study the changes of magic over decades and even centuries. So whatever Tikamir was, he gave it all up to become a geomancer of the Margreve. He doesn't remember a whole lot more than that at this point in time, partly because his memory is a little bit fuzzy from the unknown period of time he spent cursed and rusted in the forest, but... He's also a little bit twitchy about delving too deep into his memories as there seems to be something there that he doesn't want to recall. 
Excellent. Cool. Wonderful. So everyone's doubled up. So as I said, that was over a few days, essentially. So your characters have got all their hit points back, freshly leveled up, ready to go. Um, After a few days, life in the village returns to roughly normal. Um, The dead have been buried, the words have been said, and you three have been accorded... I mean, you guys were... When you came back, feasts were held. Um, There wasn't a lot of food, but there was a lot of enthusiasm. So, you know, they they did their best. Um, But on on the... like the second or third day after you guys have got back, um, a strange cart rolls into town. Um, it's multicolored. Uh, it does approach from the essentially the west, so from not in the Margrave. And an eccentric looking woman is driving the cart. Is she the only person we can see on, in, around the car? Yep. And Well, there's a couple of donkeys pulling it. Okay. Sorry, can I just ask a question? Yes. You say we've had a couple of days. Yes. Um, after getting some clothes and after, you know, getting his bearings and repairing all the little bits and pieces, one of the first things Tikamir would look to do is locate the nearest ley lines around this village. Okay. Uh, he can detect them if they're within a mile. Otherwise, he might start sort of wandering out into the forest to see if he can actually detect a nearby ley line that uh, passes anywhere near this area. Um, is is there any? Are there any ley lines in this area or within a mile of the village? Let Josh double check the map. Hopefully, it shows them where they are, or Josh will just make it up. We will never know. We'll never know. That'll, that'll be the thing. Um, actually, yeah, there's a small ley line near Lavoka Village. And Mother Molvor is more than happy to essentially take you out to that ley line if needs be. She shows you, like, the safe way of walking out there, the safe way of walking back, so you don't get rusted up again. Well, Tikamu will spend a night in the vicinity of the ley line in order to bond with it and uh, start to feel a bit more like himself again, feeling the surge of energy from the earth flowing through his gears and joints. Um, And so when this eccentric woman comes into the village, Tikami's thinking is primarily, is she coming you know, from the direction of one of the ley lines? Is she running adjacent to it? Does she seem to be flowing with the natural movements of the land or is she somehow a disruption to it? Okay. Um, she's traveling in such a way that she doesn't notice the ley lines, but she's not being overly disruptive to their structure. She's just an oddly dressed merchant is, is what you would assume, just looking at her. So has anyone else in the village reacted to her arrival or we've just happened to see her first? Um, a couple of the a couple of the women have run up and are, and are starting to chat with her. Um, there's a few discussions and a, and a few small bags change hands. Um, one of the children though has just taken a dead run to Mother Molvor's hut. Um, Mother Molvor comes out and she greets this woman like the oldest 
friend that you could imagine she would have. Well, Turk visibly relaxes Hoon- then. Hoonan Hoonan would be currently sitting or perched on uh, his spear, which is embedded probably in the side of a building somewhere. Um, He would hop down, sort of curiously. uh, Are any of her wares or anything visible at the moment? You... uh, She hasn't opened the... Actually, yeah, she opens the side of the wagon... And what you see are a lot of small leather bags, uh, a few glass jars. They they're all seem to be organised. Um, as you, if you move closer to look, yeah, I would. Uh, you notice words like valerian and chamomile, andrographis, echinacea, mm-hmm. and a few others that you're you're not sure about. Some of those sound like plant things. They are. But they're not... That That's a chirk thing. Mm. I would, well, I would still wander like up just in case she's got any shinies. <laughs> that's a plant thing. That's chirk. So, sorry. Um, so, as as you're, you're kind of standing over there, like, you know, peering and, and looking at each of the names, um, Mother Mulvord turn like she nods towards you and mother Mulvor turns and kind of gives a sigh nods and and they go back to talking are any of the rest of you looking to interact with this lady yeah i'll walk up and say hello oh hello there i'm huddleford nice to meet you huddleford my name is Terelsa. Terosa? Terelsa. For those taking notes, that's T E R E S L A. Terelsa. And what can I do for you this fine day? I see you sell herbs. I do. Do you have any ones that are good for smoking and for wounds and for happiness and for eating? Um, Huddleford, as you approach the cart, she smiles and says, yes, I have herbs to do all those things and more if needs be. Oh, good. Let's start with the important stuff. Uh, Smoke. Well... I have this charming number, and she picks up a um, a, a small jar with with, with the words uh, Margrave Mull. How much is that? Uh, well, we're not we're, we're not friends yet, are we? Yeah, we are. Hmm. Convince me. I'll give her the uh, customary arena greeting of tapping my knees, tapping my shoulders, t- turning around and wiggling my bum. She joins in. <laughs> <laughs> she knows the customs of your people. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> there we are. We are fast friends. <laughs> I like you, little one. Now, Mother Mulva here tells me that uh, you and your friends 
have got some skills I might be able to make use of. Absolutely. You should talk to Hunan. He's got a great story. Oh, yeah. I bet the he minute, does. Th- yeah. The minute, the minute the mention of the story comes up, I'm in full-blown story mode. I'm like, oh, you have, you have to hear the story. It is unbelievable. But, and I, I start because um, Huddleford is obviously here. I start with Huddleford and then, like, the epic epic fight scenes and everything that he went through like give me I'm a performance fit- check yeah i'm embellishing <laughs> the can i assist i'll puff my chest up yeah, and i'll yeah, be like absolutely, act- absolutely, acting parts yeah. out and i'll be like I'm, I'm and like doing karate chops <laughs> kicking <laughs> wow okay yeah 18 yeah look she's she's extremely impressed yeah that does that sounds like it was very dangerous Oh, it certainly was. Um, are the, are the rest of you still all here? You see, I've, oh, got, yeah. I've got a job for you all. What sort of job? One that pays well. Does it pay in shinies? Yes, many shinies. I am down. At this point, Mother Mulvor... Like, I just agree. I don't even care. looking like... <sighs> all right. And then just... She takes a small bag of herbs, nods to Terelza, and just like I'm out. Yeah. In fact, in fact, we we came out of it with potentially more people than less, so we're well oh. well stocked. Oh, excellent! More the merrier, my friend. <laughs> um, as Hunan sort of accepts this job, Chuck's just been kind of watching the little <laughs> performance thing. Um, Chuck kind yeah. of just like just just goes up and not interrupts but after Hunan sa- said yes absolutely so, so yeah. before we all say yes can you tell us a bit about the job place Terelsa she responds um, Piney have their own language don't they yes yes Piney do have their own language excellent she responds in Piney oh, Chuck is like or at least super... as close as a human set of vocal cords can yeah no Chuck is like super um, impressed by this like Oh my god, yeah. he is... She, she responds in Piney language and says, Of course, it would be rude not to. She switches back to common for everyone's sake. Oh. And I assume Grizz and Tikomir have joined? Yeah, um, Grizz is one of his way over. Excellent. You see, uh, I've been told you a lot aren't completely unfamiliar with danger and, well, according to the story, might even be able to fill your... Find your way through the woods at night without getting lost or eaten? It's, yeah, gen- generally speaking, we can do that. There's a time and, and a place for business. being lost. Sometimes it's my preference. Well, the night's not the most important part. But, uh, look, there's a certain rare purple flower blooming in the Margrave, and I have a client interested in it. You see, well, they're interested in the honey. That can that is rumored might be made from this flower's pollen. The story says it's like getting a little bit of youth, and that interests my client, who would be uh, quite willing to pay very handsomely for a container of the stuff. A container of pollen or honey? The honey. Ah, so we're looking for bees. The honey, my friend. Okay. Um, I would. I would. T- I the would. The problem talk to is, and go. 
the sellers of this honey won't do business with my client. So if you could approach them and convince them to uh, part with some, I'll give you something to buy the honey with, and I'll pay you afterward for making the journey and and bringing back the honey. Hang on. If your client is unable to do business with these people already, who who is your client and why why can they not go direct to the supplier? Well, primarily because they're about 85 and leaving their home is extremely difficult. No, no, that's fine. But, I mean, clearly you offer some kind of a mail-order service. Are they unwilling to sell to you on their behalf? No, I sell herbs. Okay. No, 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 no sorry. Um, I've never sold a mail at all. Uh, oh, oh. Meanwhile, Hutterford's packing himself a pipe with that... that uh mole that she had yeah she 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 offered you like a small pinch just to try so first I, hit, the first hit's free i'm like i i turned to choke and i'm like if if we're getting hard honey is grizz gonna be a problem <laughs> he's an expert yeah <laughs> no, i'd say no problem here <laughs> if you look, he just shrugs. I'm happy to offer you 350 gold pieces in exchange for, and she hands you a jar, that much of the honey. About how big's the jar? Average Vegemite. Hoonan, or peanut Hoonan butter plotting, for our international listeners. Hoonan is so plotting for double the amount. Hutterford yawns and says he's already got more money than he can spend. Um, I, I can take some off your hands if you like, if you if you can't spend it. I'm happy to go with you guys, but... I'm sure we could find something that you might like, my little friend, that you could take in lieu. I mean, there's five of you, 350 divided by five is 70. I'm happy to give you 70 gold pieces worth of anything you like. How does this help the forest? We'll tell you what. You guys get this done, and I'll invest into this village. I'll help bring some money and bring some business. Only, only the right sort. Only the right sort, of course, of course. But um, I'll, I'll help grow Lavoka. Under, under Mother Mulvor's authorization, of course, I, w- I would never cross her. And plant trees? Yes. Have you got a deal. I'll spit in my hand and shake. She spits right back, like, and she responds in error a deal made, my little friend. Okay. You get the feeling that she only knows a few words of your language, not fluent, but enough to, like, make deals and negotiate. Yeah, she knows the customs by the looks of it. Yeah. And the rest of you. I'm I'm still sort of semi rummaging through her wares. She's keeping a very close eye on you. Yeah, that's all right. I I actually Hoonan would uh, like I would actually admire that because it it shows savviness as a <laughs> as a business person. Yeah, I'm not taking my eyes off you, Sunny. Yeah. 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 It's, Can we assume? Sorry. No, no. Can we can we assume that we sort of 
finish, come to some sort of agreement with our transaction in terms of the stuff he asked for? Just kind of useful herbs in general. She, she'll and she'll supply how, you with like seventy gold pieces worth of whatever you'd like, essentially. I don't know. I mean, now, like, what? What is you know? What does five gold get me? Oh, um, she hands you enough Margrave Mole and and associated other similar things, so that you've got like at least, you know, what she chucks a couple of extra in. She's like, I like your little friend. And and she chucks you enough so you'd have like you know about a dozen good smokes. Okay, all right. I hand over five gold. Excellent. She takes the gold. Um, it disappears immediately. Hunan, uh, Hunan smiles because he he knows that that's that's a sleight of hand. That's a little. It's like hmm, yeah. Game recognizes game. Um, oh, it does. Chirkwell in Piney, just very formally, but uh, it's kind of openly like accept the job um, without. I've already accepted the well, no, job. No, no, but Chirk's accepting on <laughs> on their own behalf rather than the whole. Okay, someone said yes, so we're all on this roller coaster. Um, but <laughs> if Chirk can quickly scoot after Mother Mulvor. And just have a brief conversation with her, kind of relaying the arrangement that um, Terelsa's said about growing the village with with the mother's uh, approval and consultation. And just so that Chirk's comfortable with what's going to be happening here, that, that Mother Mulvor is aware and understanding and on board. Well, Terelsa, known her years. Knew her mother too. She's a slippery one. That's clear. She's about as straight as a corkscrew and could go through without touching the sides, if you know what I mean. But is she on the level? Honest? Yeah. In her own way, yes. She's not malicious. She wouldn't deliberately cause harm to the village. Okay. She knows better. Okay, that's that's definitely good enough for, for Turk. And they... she knows the type I will not abide okay no that's totally jerks like totally happy and goes back to the group to Terelza in a much brighter mood oh so we have a deal then oh yeah we had the deal Chirk was just um, oh, doing do, doing some due diligence my friends I would never lie to you like that I'd take my hat off first <laughs> She pays each of you um, 35 gold coins, uh, gold pieces, sorry, is like a cool. half now, other half on completion of the job. Mm-hmm. So cool. in the same in the same fashion that she sort of squirreled away her five gold, that 35 just disappears the minute it leaves the hand. She nods, gives you a wink. Yeah. Game recognizes game. As you say. Yeah. Yeah. I give like five gold to just kids and people near me. They run off extremely happy with you. Uh tickle me, Chris. What are you what are you doing, Huddleford? I don't need so much, it's heavy. 
just <laughs> but <sighs> like it's just an exasperated sigh like i assume we've had this conversation <laughs> like a dozen times in the past like three days okay grizz tickle what what do you guys reckon so far yeah, Grizz, Grizz well, privately... Had, uh... Oh, sorry, go for it. So, no, sorry. Yeah, Grizz but he hasn't had honey for a while, so he's like, yeah, this could be a fun adventure. All right. <laughs> I love Obviously, he's now Grizz's feeling more ex- confident in himself. It's, it's not, not, not for eating, Grizz. <laughs> not for eating. He, he shrugs again. Tickamere? <laughs> uh, well, privately, Tikamir welcomes any opportunity to go roaming through the forest in order to try and regain his bearings. Uh, you know, he's woken no. up in this strange variation of a place that looks uncannily familiar but somehow diminished from what he remembers. So if we're getting paid to go wandering the lands, the, the countryside in order to find the honey, that's an opportunity for him to try and find any markers of his former college or even any patch of land he finds familiar but during the course of the the time that these conversations are happening uh, if possible he'd like to try and uh have a private word with mother morvor morvor mulvor mulvor yeah mulvor okay excellent um what we're going to do is we're going to just kind of break the episode there uh so yeah we're, we're going to take a little break Probably about five seconds or so, unless anyone needs to, you know, take care of anything comfort related. Well, actually, would you like would you like to end on a joke instead? No, okay. this is a yeah, serious sure, podcast. Okay. Yes. No, no joking. So <laughs> no puns. So as the group are discussing preparing for the honey, um, Tikamir does emerge from one of his random, strange quests into the nooks and crannies of the village, and he says, "So let me get this straight." Mm. We're going to be paid to go through the forest to get a jar of honey and you're going to give us 70 gold apiece to bring you back your lunch. I'm not right? pulling your leg. I've only got one question. Who the hell are you people? And that's where we'll end. Gearforge so jokes are very complicated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, you broke up. I didn't hear what you said. Huddleford said, Gearforge jokes are very complicated and scratched his head and puffed on his pipe. <laughs> Excellent. So um, everyone, please, I, I hope you enjoyed this episode. We are going to continue on and get a little bit more in as long as Josh's internet doesn't break again. Um, Heath, where can people track you down? At Huddleford uh, on the Twitters. Excellent. Uh, Dan? Uh, at Scary Dan on the Twitters. And they should. You get to see cats. Oh, if you want cats, it's a scary.dan on Instagram. Lovely. Um, Anthony? Yup. People can find me at Tales underscore DM pretty much everywhere. Also on a podcast yep. as well. Lovely. Um, and Cam? Where can people find you online? Uh, I'm on Twitter as at Braggerman or Braggerman.com, my often neglected gaming blog. And you have a podcast as well, I believe? 
I do, though it has absolutely nothing whatsoever to do with games or role-playing. It's uh, about education in Australia, but you can find that at terpodcast.com. Lovely. And everyone, we'll leave it there, and in two weeks you'll be able to listen to the next episode of this. Bye. 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 Okay, I really need a pee. Sorry. Okay, great. Okay, just don't stop recording. So, so Josh. (laughs) Me too, me too. Josh, you yeah. forgot to do that. You forgot to introduce us at the start of the session. I know, but my reason for that is I didn't want Cam to not be introduced or I didn't want to load the dice and I thought yep. it'd be funny or, or interesting if Cam gets introduced in the way that I was like, oh, here's our new friend. It's all good. Yeah. We just so, thought it was funny. Grease me. Yeah, that it's was... The grease. I was struggling, Cam. <laughs> I was like, oh. struggling with what? We uh, all were. A lot of complicated we feelings. All were. Uh, <laughs> about how quickly off the rails. Like, this was. The reason we're joking about this supposed to be serious is like, yeah, this was supposed to be somewhat serious. And it lasted 20 minutes with Heath. The, the, the first session, Josh was like, okay, so just so you're aware, this is a serious. Uh, this might be a bit more serious, a bit more dark. You know. It's a very serious book. The first pun was, yeah, about 15 to 20 minutes in. Yeah, it was Heath. I blame Heath. Blame Heath him for everything. <laughs> it's a safe blame. Yeah. Two sacks. <laughs> sure. Oh, kitty. We're actually going to be dog-sitting early oh, next okay, year, okay. too. So, looking forward to that. Um, so Cam, how are you feeling? Sorry? How, how are you feeling so far in, as being part of this new group group of, of weird people? No, it's great. Well, I mean, there's only one person here I've never met before, so it's, it's all very familiar. Cool. And just, it's weird, but in some ways, I feel almost kind of, not quite judged, but kind of like... I hope Cameron isn't taking notes. Like, does this idiot know what the hell he's doing? That's exactly how I felt when I was DMing for you and and Heath that that one extra session when you, you stepped away. You did a good job. Away. I enjoyed it. No, I'm glad. But that was exactly how I felt that whole time as well. Yeah. Well, there is no single one way to go about it. So I, not that kind of asshole. Fair enough. I'm a whole different other kind of asshole. Aren't we all? Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm out of tea. How long are we breaking for? Um, until Heath gets back and we all feel comfortable. Excuse me. Yes. Yeah, it's normally not very long. I'm just going to grab a glass of water then. No, no, we're having a little break. It's okay. So, I'm... I'm fueling my, uh... My dice hoarding compulsion with, uh... Learning how to cast dice. When you say cast dice, you mean like mold them yourself. Yeah, mold them myself and cast. Cool. So that's going to be fun. Yeah, I think I need a bigger modem then. All all I heard was upgrades. Upgrades, Josh. Yeah, I, I got a new modem recently. Because I was pretty sure that was like the source of much of my trouble. And 
I don't think it's the modem. I think it's the fact that we've now got three laptops, an Xbox, three mobile phones, oh, and a PC all running it. off. Yeah. That'll do it. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I've turned off my laptop's Wi-Fi. And, and hopefully that reduces the strain. And I've turned off my mobile phone completely. And hopefully that... Was- the audio the is much better with it your mic. It seems to be better. Yeah. Yeah, I suspect it's just the fact that I turned a bunch of devices off. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. The only way to sort of beat that is... NBN! ...bucks on a modem that can support more. Yeah, I might... I might kick up for that modem, because it's not a heap more, but... Yeah, or the NBN's coming in our area, apparently, in a few months. So it's kind of one of those things where it's like, do I do that now and find out that it doesn't work? Ugh. Or do I do it later and find out that it, you know, it I you know what's, done it you know what's You know what's funny? Is is I work, I, I work for the MBNs. I know. That's, that's, that's if there's a way goal. I can get bumped up in the list, that'd be great. Does that mean you, that, does that mean you can get us work, working MBNs? I wish. I wish, guys. Just I skip wish. me straight to 5 <laughs> You you can uh you can um pay to implement fiber to the premise. There is a way to do it, but it costs an uh, absolute fortune. Yeah. Does anyone remember when our parents had to deal with ADSL and the fun that was? <laughs> oh, I do because oh, I worked at Harvey yeah. Norman and we sold wireless internet packages and they didn't work. <laughs> I'm yep. forty, dude. <laughs> I remember when I had to do it. <laughs> I I remember when you when you had to like uh, when uh, your parents when and... yeah when your parents wanted to make a phone call yeah yeah and like you're mid downloading a MP3 yes not an album it's like mm. a yeah three megabytes and took it was a only couple a of mini. hours and <laughs> mum went to make a phone yeah. call ooh I was cranky it's like fuck no. <laughs> But what was worse was when you would download the MP3 and some dickhead had just relabeled like some junk as something. And so you've got like three minutes of just goat sounds or something. I think LimeWire got bombed by like Sony and Universal and stuff. I think that's how they basically end up dealing with it. They just saturated it with crap. Dude, dude, LimeWire still exists. No. It's st- it's still around. Yeah, it does. It's just as bad. It was though. Napster that went after in a big way. Mm. It it it's yeah, it's still alive. Good to know. Cool. It surprised so, me. Should we yes. press on for maybe forty five minutes or so? Because I'm gonna have to do a lot of editing work on last stuff. And I everyone's still recording. Yes. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. All right. Worst case scenario, I'll just cut and, and make shit work. Cool. So, hey. everyone, welcome back to Nerdy People Play D&D. We're still playing D&D. We're still in the Margrave. It's great. Um, and I am joined by the four wonderful people who were with me um, a few minutes ago before everyone had to go to the bathroom. Um, I'll let them introduce them. Well, I'll, I will introduce them one by one in the order that their portraits are on my roll 20 heath how you doing hello good how are you i'm great thank you my internet awesome. appears to be working which is great and you've got a new shiny microphone i do um, it's wonderful 
I'm playing Huddleford, the arena, aka Hedge Hobbit, um, and he's a Circle of the Moon Druid. Excellent. And uh, Dan. Oh, hello. Um, I am playing Chirk, who is a Piney Ranger, uh, who is now officially a Grove Warden, now that uh, they are level three. Yes. And, and people, a Grove Warden is part of the official Margrave supplement that you can go buy with actual money on Roll20. Can recommend. Those pe- n- none of those people sponsor us either, which is a shame. Um, Daniel, who are you playing? I am playing uh, Grizz, the bear folk barbarian berserker. I'm not going to do the bear puns this time. Yay. Um, and yeah, he's just learned how to be angry. So it could be fun. <laughs> Learning how to be angry well, is I'm, just I'm... adorable as a concept for a massive bear warrior. So <laughs> that's just yeah. spectacular. Oh, so it's like, it's like sad, but with enthusiasm. <laughs> it's like strong sad um anthony ah yeah so i'm playing hoonan who is a raven folk bard i play him like an australian crow and he just learned uh how to tell awesome tales lovely uh what what bardic college is he part of now oh he's a college of glamour lovely Excellent. Um, and Cameron, you jo- you're joining us now and forever, we hope. Yes. Yes, hopefully. Uh, I'm playing Tikamir, the gear-forged geomancer wizard who has been rusted due to a curse in the Margrave for some time and doesn't quite remember exactly what happened to him before the party found him with an oil can by the side of a road. He is a student of the magic that flows through the earth and through the forest and is particularly concerned by the fact that the forest seems somehow diminished from the time before when he once roamed a much larger, healthier-looking forest. Much Lovely. like Tikamir, who's somewhat diminished, we discovered last episode. <laughs> <laughs> now the village's well, church bell is sure, somewhat I'm diminished. I'm sure someone got it back from the church. Look, no, look, I have to ask the question... Has the church got a proper clapper in there now so that their bell is not diminished? That is actually plaguing my out-of-character mind. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I will sleep and well tonight. I'm not going to make any other jokes about that. <laughs> We're all good? We are good. Wonderful. So, last episode, um, we went through what happens when our characters all level up, uh, which was great. Um you know, Huddleford had his cool meditative moments uh, to get his spells. We discovered uh, Chirk and or Dan is into jacked centaur elf deer people. Oh, that's definitely just Dan. Yeah. Be. Okay, just Dan. Okay, great, great, great. Um, Grizz, as we said, learned to get angry. Hunan uh, learned how to tell awesome tales. And Cameron was already level three. So, you know, we, we didn't have a lot to do there. Um, and they agreed to go fetch some magic honey. From some bees. So oh, yeah. Terelza is, um, she's saying, look, uh, what, I, what I want you to look out for is a purple flower. It's called an Ethel Downen. 
Ethel? Ethel Downen. Uh, for those taking notes, E F F I L D A W N A N. Ethel Downen. Okay. Have any of us Do I know heard of it? Yeah. Give me a nature roll. Yeah. No. A 20 for Huddleford, not a natural deal. And an 18 for... Yeah, that doesn't Chuck. surprise me. <laughs> okay. Just 14 for Grizz. Uh, okay, so Grizz, you do know about these a little bit. You know they are purple. You know they bloom. You know that the honey made from these is... It's, it's somewhat magical and legendary, but you're not sure other than that. Um, Chuck and Huddleford... You know that these flowers, uh, you, you know they grow around the southern border of the Margrave, uh, well away from the old road, so it's quite a bit of a trek to get there. What you also know is, and Huddleford I suspect knows this extremely well, their pollen is a wonderfully potent hallucinogen. Ah, we probably use it in festivals. I imagine it gets used for a lot of things. But Chirk, you would know that as well. Chirk hasn't partaken in any fashion, though, so... That's only by, decision only by respect. Of course, of course. You were just holding some for a friend. <laughs> the plants are my <laughs> friends. <laughs> that was terrible. Uh, anyway, let's, let's move on from that moment. Excellent. So, um... Now, okay, what I'll t- sorry, can, uh, can Tikamir uh, attempt to align his memory gears and see if magical flowers of this nature are anything he's encountered in yeah. the past. Na- nature or arcana, I would say. If he's going to get... Like Probably that. arcana in this case. 21. Ooh, okay. you. I would say you know roughly the same as what Huddleford and Chirk know. Um, although you know in a different way. You know that these flowers do produce a magical honey. Uh, that the honey in question has a slight purple cast and it does radiate a magical energy. And the... Oh, I don't want to go. Good way for saying. Um, it does have some magical properties. But your uni notes are not completely sure as to what. Uh, it's suspected that it's connected to either sleep Although it can apparently assist the with uh, like de aging, you're not sure. Now listen up, lads. Plants like these often grow where ley lines meet, where the the power spills over into the plants in the earth. If we if we find a path leading on a way, we might be able to find these flowers, but. Uh, we have to wander far and wide before we get there. Also, they're that way. We shouldn't need to wander that far away. Or they're we shouldn't that need way. to wander that Sorry. far. Um, <laughs> I can connect with the forest and we should be able to get there quicker than normal people. Man, sorry, my brain just died on me then. <laughs> sorry, what, what, what? Can I do a retake what, on what that, Josh? Just... <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, and action. Um, Here we go. No, I'm. I. 
so I, I can connect with the forest and with your ley line knowledge, Tikamir, we should be able to get there much quicker than a normal traveling party would as well, because I can uh, make sure we don't get lost in the forest, so it shouldn't take us as long as uh, it may look on a map. Oh, sorry, what, what were you saying? You, there was something about a flower? Money. 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 For honey. Oh. Purple, purple <laughs> equals money. <laughs> yeah, flower equals gold. Okay. I, I, can, I can... No, uh, the honey's purple. Okay. Yes. A, a purplish cast s- to it, yes. Oh, Is it like a purple gold? Oh, mm. Are we tree striding? Um, oh, actually, sorry. The other thing you do know um, with that roll... Um, The, the honey is, of course, produced by bees. These are more than... These are magical bees. Um, and that attempting to force this from them may not be the best of ideas. So yeah. don't steal the honey. But, but they're sentient, roughly. Some of them. All right. I'll share my knowledge with the group. Okay. Cool. So you all know you all now know that these flowers are wonderfully hallucinogenic. And good at I'm parties. just I'm just looking at Huddleford. Like with that suspicious look. <laughs> I just wink and puff out a cloud of smoke. It's good stuff. <laughs> Actually give me a constitution roll, let's have some fun. And yes, you have okay. advantage, Huddleford. Yeah, I do. Also, I've got advantage on poisoning, so I think it's probably that. Yeah, well, yeah. 21. Oh, look at that, look at that. Um, it's some good stuff. You're feeling, you're feeling very chill. A bit mellow. Maybe slightly tired, but... um. Has anyone got some snacks? So normal. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> cool. I have some raisins. Just, just more normal than usual. Okay, so uh, do we walk or? Oh, um, and, and and oh, oh, before you go, before you go, um, take this, and Terelzia presents, and she looks at each of you. Chuck, ha! <laughs> <laughs> Hold on to I'm this. I'm just like that laugh was out of character. Like under Chirk, my breath. Chuck, Chuck <laughs> takes it gratefully and asks what it is. It's a it's a ring of warmth. Say that again. Sorry, I didn't catch that, it. it. Sorry, it's it's a ring of warmth to pay the queen with. Ah. Oh well, thank you very much. Well, you can use it till then, but um, I'd I'd be careful with it. If you lose that, she's going to demand something expensive and interesting. Don't yeah, lose no, it. Yeah, um, no, Chuck. I like I like my shiny. Thank you. <laughs> Chuck puts it. I'm not giving up. Puts any. it on a on a finger and just kind of, um, you know, when you put a ring on and it fits, but it's a little tighter than it should. Um, they make sure it's on mm-hmm. a finger that's yeah. that's like that, so it's not just gonna fling off. That that is actually my wedding ring. I actually got it half a size too small because I'd lost one at the beach once and I was like I'm never having that again I would rather be uncomfortable 
Um, yeah, I do understand very well. So what, while Chirk is wearing this, is there anything about it that they would be aware of changing or it's just as far as they're concerned at the moment, just a ring? Yeah. Um, you, you, you're aware that it would require attunement. Okay. However, while wearing it, uh, you have resistance to cold damage. And in addition, everything you wear and carry are unharmed by temperatures as low as minus 50 degrees Fahrenheit. But at this point, we're not uh, expecting I, to spend enough time with it on to become attuned, I'm guessing. You're going to be walking for a while. It's it's a few days. Oh. By Queen, can, by Queen, can I confirm we're talking about the Queen of Fae? I thought we no. were talking about a Queen uh, Bee. Bees. Desandrina. Sorry, the Queen of Bees. Well, it's not Beyonce? It's definitely Beyonce. It's not... It's not... Said. Yes. So Queen B. B, 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 Beyonce. Yeah, that just landed. Thanks, Daniel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Terrific. So can we, are we tree striding or walking? Uh, we can't take people with us when we tree stride, can we? No. You can't? Well, Huddleford and I can I go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't you open a tree and we can all walk free how does it work or is it it's, just you... it's just the the caster ah uh... yeah not not even if we're holding like hands or something you might want to try that go for it um all right go on let's i'm gonna take it i'm gonna let's go well i uh, i i have to go first so chuck um holds out a hand and I'm assuming you all grab on and create a nice little chain and let's let's see if this works and I envisage Hunan, you're next in line. <laughs> yeah. Hunan, Hunan is skeptical. Yeah, I'm keeping my arms. Hand. Um I try and I sort of envisage the, the direction we're heading and picturing No no no. Which hand is Hunan using to hold on to yours? Oh. The one that does not have the ring on it. What? Left or right? So which which way are you oh, facing? Jerk's holding, which, Jerk, hand, Jerk's, which hand it is human? Jerk's holding up the right hand. Don't use your good hand. No. Um, I'm, what not, happens I'm is, not using the good hand. <laughs> I'm not going to be that mean. Uh, no. As Chirk steps into the tree, it's like yep. water closing over them. But as your fingers touch it, it stops. Yep. Oh, so I'm like rejected. Yeah, you just it, like it's like you're touching a tree. Is it like a, a platform nine and three quarters scene where I just sort of hit the Pretty, wall? Not quite that bad. Like you're just holding their hand, so your hand just like stops, okay. even though you're still holding I, I would, to I would hand. let go, yeah, I would let go the minute that it seems like it's not working. Okay. Oh, as soon as my as, other choice was have you lose a hand. But I'm not that mean. <laughs> um, as and then I would then I would turn to the rest of the party and be like, "Nope, no, no, bueno, it doesn't work." Uh, uh, Chuck, do you continue going through, or do you just like no? Oh, actually, no. No, Chuck. Well, I'm realizing that they've lost their comrades. Will pop their head back out of the tree, look around, kind of realize that the magic doesn't extend that far, and start to walk with them. Excellent. Before we leave, I'll sort of pack enough rations for a few days' walk and stuff. Yeah, you guys yeah. got a few days' rations with you, I imagine. Okay, yeah, find some. some right, let's head south. Some description. Excellent. 
Can I get nature and or survival roles from those who are proficient with those skills? Doesn't Shirk have so a thing? only rolling oh, if uh, we're proficient? What, what, what thing are you referring to? I uh, like a, a, a proficient. an affinity to the forest. Oh, to... yeah, that means but... um, difficult terrain doesn't slow the group. Uh, we can't come lost, become lost uh, except by magical means. Uh, and we are all alert to danger. And if we want to move stealthily, there's Ex other stuff as well. But we're, we're alert, we're moving quickly and confidently. I keep forgetting how that works. Yeah. And Huddleford got a 22 on survival. Excellent. We are nailing this so, hard, y'all. Yo. Well, you, you, you're using all your good rolls now, which is great. Um, so it's roughly after your first day's travel. Your first day's travel is extremely uneventful. There are a few small showers that brush through the Margreve, as this is, you know, kind of getting into mid-late spring. Um, but around you, the trees do not feel overly hostile, but they don't feel overly welcoming to most of you. Huddleford has an ability to where he can find, if he spends an hour, he can find a safe place to camp and uh, that sort of won't be ambushed and things like that. Wonderful. Do you spend trip. that hour? Uh, yeah, in the evening, I guess. Excellent. So as you use this ability, you find, um, you, you feel like an affinity in one direction over the others. And as you go in that, uh, is everyone going with Huddleford, like knowing his abilities? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah, well, I'll once bring up once uh, we establish any kind of campground or any kind of uh, resting spot, Tikamir has a tendency to wander off in search of the nearest ley lines. Good to know. Um, so it says the area is expected by, uh, protected by all but the most extreme elements and from the non-magical native beasts of the forest. In addition, you are able to find sufficient kindling for a small fire throughout the night. It's called the forester or forest dweller. Excellent. So, um, Huddleford, cool. as you are first in line, you're the first to hear it. Uh, ahead, you hear soft singing. Parting the branches at the edge of a clearing, you spy an elderly woman, an elderly woman, rather, uh, in a simple dress and wrapped in a shawl, seated on a stump. Greetings, children. Would you have anything for a poor old woman to eat? Hello. I'm Huddleford. I would... I, would I am Baba Magori. I would incite this lady the minute I see her. Okay. I'll hand her, I'll hand her a biscuit. Oh, spasibo bolshoi, moitruk. 15. For those who don't speak Russian, that's thank you very much, my friend. At the sight of an old lady on the side of a road in a forest, Tikimir starts to become visibly uneasy. Um, Chirk is yeah. similarly uneasy, and can they... Um, oh, do I want to use a spell slot? No, they'll wait a bit. But, I've, but I've very uneasy. At 15. Hmm. Sheets of biscuit. Hmm, that's very nice. Thank you. Um, Hunan, with a 15, you sense no hostility from her. No ill will in general. 
I, I turn to the others that look like they, they've got that same look about them that I do. And I, I look at them and go, just hold up for a sec. I think we might be okay. And I say smoke and then offer her the end of my pipe after I take a puff. Mm, that is not for me, but I thank you, little one. What brings you all the way out here? <laughs> well, this is my home. You Perhaps the more the interesting thing to know is what you are doing out here. I know why I'm here. <laughs> Which one of you? But, as they say, one good deed deserves another. I know what you are doing and where you are heading. What I would suggest is you head west a little and search for the Queen's Glade. And I would suggest that when you speak to royalty, you do so with respect. But sometimes even the noblest thing needs to be corrected. Tell me, have you heard of a young lady called Lila? Lila? No. Da. Hmm. She is a young girl. It, the story is perhaps lost now, but it is uh, quite simple. She was adopted by the bees, and she has been sleeping for some time. I would like you to get her back. What if... Uh, how do you know her? Booby... How I know things is not exactly important. No, no, no. I am sorry. Somewhat older than I look. Not, not knowledge. I mean, how do you know? Not how do you know of Layla? Do you know Layla personally? Layla, no. sorry. But I know of her, and I know that what, what? it is not right for a, a small child to be kept asleep for such a long time. It is not balanced. I'm confused. How do you get somebody back that you've never kind of like had, I guess? Yeah. Can I make a history roll to see if her uh, presence in the forest goes back far enough to Tikamir's time? Sure. 18. Um, 18. You would have heard of this old woman, uh, Baba Migori. She was... A somewhat eccentric and reclusive kind of old woman. Um, there was no, there was nothing particularly malicious written about her, though she was also written down as "don't attempt harm with her." Does she answer? Tell me, old woman. The. Have you seen what's happened to this forest? I've seen some of what you mean. It is different. And have you seen any of my kind around here in the last ugh, so many years? Hmm. Not in so many years. I mean, it would depend on where they wandered. It could be she found them. Yes, if she did, I guess they would. Well, she might have let one or two go, but it depends on when she met them. 
It's very confusing. So what happened? What happened here? Where Where is everybody gone? Well, this is the Maghreve. It does not say the same for anyone. It changes how it wills. But it's so much smaller. Not smaller, but reduced, perhaps. But that that is... Now we are arguing over words, although you are a wizard, so that is what you do. The place is sick, I agree. Balance must be brought back, and this is part of that. But who is why? she that you mentioned? Lila? She's a no, child. No, you said. Human. No, no, to. to uh, Tikami, you said she, unless she got them. Oh. Probably Brynia. If there were any of them left in the woods, she may have found them. Brynia. Brynia, the. And who's Brynia? You'll know her when you meet her. That's not she helpful. She's not one of mine, so I am not... Well, she's not around here. And so she cannot be harmful. What is Brynia? Brynia is a little one. One of the fae. Of course, I mean, look, honestly, it could just be that these wizards got themselves lost and they rusted and they're waiting in the woods somewhere. But, I mean, what kind of idiot would let that happen to them? Mm, good point. I, I, ju- I just... Now listen here, you. I turn, I, I I turn, I turn and look at... Uh... I, are you getting hostile, Tikamir? No. <laughs> <laughs> she straightens her shawl. Also, I don't remember you answering my question. Which I'm question was this? Eyes. How do you get somebody back that you don't know? Well, if you could take her back to that village you came from, that would be quite helpful. And why? how does this help you? So she... it, it, it helps the forest. It brings balance. Ah, now you're talking my lingo. I thought that would but be if... level one. Um, so... And she speaks to you in Druidic. Mm. Oh, okay. That last sentence would have been in Druidic. Oh, cool. So take Lila back to Lavoka. Yeah. Admittedly, I'd love for Druidic to be essentially Russian, but unfortunately, I haven't got that far in my lessons yet. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Well, here's a biscuit for the road. Oh, спасибо. It is good to see the manor still exist. I'll say thank you and give a bow and... Enjoy the campsite. And with that, she disappears and the trees around you all tremble as if brushed by a tremendous wind. Tikamir kicks grumpily at the ground and stomps off into the corner. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know her? I... How is she, she's not nice. She seemed all right. Yeah, bloody double talking, not straight answering old hag. <laughs> what? She's a hag. At this point, 
a few leaves are blown directly into Tikamir's face. <laughs> I just, I just assumed all humans are like that. So far, they have been. Seems most robots too, or mechanical men. Now listen here, butterface. I've only met one, <laughs> one clockwork man, so I don't know about that. But all the small, sa small all sample the, size. All the humans I've met have been grumpy. Yeah, yeah, they. I would agree with that. Mm. She should be happy. Until, 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 you, until you give them gold, and then they're less grumpy. Or biscuits. Uh, <laughs> okay, so I guess... only your special biscuits. <laughs> I should we camp? I'll start a fire. Cool. Excellent. Um, and the rest of you? Uh, uh, yeah, I'll get coffee. Uh, Chuck is um, just examining the area for, for safety, that kind of a thing, um, on a technical level using their forest dweller uh, feature to make sure the area is protected from all the, but the most extreme elements and from the non-magical native beasts of the forest. I'm like you, you, you're doing that thing as well. I, I'm, I'm a, I do the thing. Oh, we're both doing the thing then. <laughs> yeah. This is. I'll do that. Well, I'll, I'll do east. You can do west. Easy done. <laughs> and we both suddenly turn up with like twice the amount of kindling we need for a small fire throughout the night. Yeah. <laughs> We've got our token JD guys. <laughs> Did we ever, I mean, to, to digress for a second, but let's just talk over the campfire, perhaps. Did we ever share, because I, I know we did a sort of a small pre-adventure before starting the podcast, um, we worked out how Huddleford and Chirk actually met, because Chirk, when their body hair grows, it produces flowers and leaves, etc. And being seven foot tall with long legs and Huddleford three foot tall, um, Huddleford tried to pick some of Chirk's leg hair to smoke and I think that's how we decided how we both met it's true it's true I just now have the image of um, Huddleford sitting on one of Chirk's feet like arms and legs wrapped around a foreleg and Chirk just walking forward like <laughs> those of us who had experience with small children have had to do and just checking the end of the pipe to see what's wrong <laughs> <laughs> I'd be uh, Hoonan would be chilling, practicing uh, his mimicry so because we've got a new member of the party, he'd be uh, he'd be practicing and mimicking any speech that Tikamir's been doing lately oh, imagine that's until amazing. he get yeah, just until he gets it right <laughs> Do the one about the lunch. Uh, hmm? Are you telling me that I'm going to get lunch? Oh. Do that one. You're, you're not telling me that you're going to get lunch. You're telling no, me you're going to get right. lunch. You're telling me you're going to get lunch. We're getting lunch. Let's get lunch. Are you getting lunch? You're not I telling see it's me not just the trees that have gotten weaker since I've been away. 
Takes a, takes a bit of practice, but he eventually gets it. Nice. Uh, Dan? Uh, Grizz, I mean, sorry, sorry. Grizz. Grizz is just relaxing by the fire, just feeling very safe, and uh, I'm just laughing a lot. Lovely. Uh, Tikami, are you going to be taking a walk tonight? Well, uh, I can... I have an innate sense of any ley lines within a mile, so it depends on whether I can feel anything nearby. Um, but after a long day's travel, I do need to take a long rest to repair all the little broken bits and gears that tend to wind down after a long day of travel. It's my, it's a gear forged equivalent of a long rest. Okay. I assume like you just get like a key, you poke it in and just like turn it around a bunch of times. A combination of that and the mending cantrip. Excellent. Um, every time you do cast that mending cantrip, you do notice that small greenish tinge briefly illuminating any of your panels. It lingers for a few minutes and then passes away. I try, I pick up a, a large stone and, and with my metal quarterstaff, I sort of crack it in half and then cast Mending on the stone to see if it's also affected, whether the, the green tinge is an effect of the spell or it's something in my body. It is. Um, as you mend the stone, I'm not sure if you can mend a stone. Would it count as an object? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, worst I case scenario, you could crack your quarterstaff in half and then, like, you know, that. But it's the same kind of thing. Um, in the case of the stone, though, um, what you notice is a small, faint line of moss around the cracked area. Hmm. Cherkin hut. So I don't see any. I don't see any moss growing in the parts of myself that I've <laughs> healed. Right. What happens if I break a small branch on the ground and mend it? Similar kind of thing, although small, like tiny little tendrils of growth come off of the branch. I'll, uh, I'll continue to move around the campsite until I eventually, and, and breaking and casting it on things, until I eventually approach uh, Huddleford and point to one of the random things hanging off his sack and say, give me that for a minute. Okay. I will hand you a silver mirror with a fancy ebony handle. I take the mirror, look at it closely, look at my own reflection before smashing it on my face. You 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 hear a a cry of horror <laughs> come from uh, <laughs> from Hunan. Oh, that was the expensive thing, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Like, Before, like, it's, I, I, like, I am diving like that mid, like, no. Okay. Um, well, uh, as you, as, as the mirror cracks, I quickly uh, tap it with the tip of the staff and cast mending. Okay. The mirror and mends, sorry, um, everyone, Josh used to have a stutter and still kind of actually does. Um, the mirror mends perfectly. The spidery cracks in the glass just like seem to retreat back into their center point. Uh, the mirror is perfect. I mean, you, you did notice that slight green tinge around, but it, it doesn't seem to take, shall we say. 
I hand the mirror back to Huddleford. Have you got anything made of wood? Hmm. Uh, I... Huddleford does not give up his special stick, I notice. Mm. Or pipe. I... <laughs> I reluctantly pull out my pan flute. And go... What, what is the pan flute made from? Uh, it's, it's a hand carved, uh, wooden pan flute, uh, just from pieces, like, um, it, it, the background to it is I've, uh, built it by hand, uh, during my travels, so when I'm on the road, I add additional pipes to it as I go, just from carving over the, uh, campfires. Okay, but, but it's wood. But it's wood, Okay, yes. cool. Is this what you were playing that night in the village? Uh, I have a few instruments. So, uh, the other night when retelling the story, it was my viol. I see. I put the, put the pan pipe on the ground, pick up the staff and just crunch it really hard to break a few of the pipes in the middle. Where it's just like... I feel like that was obvious he was going to do that. <laughs> Doesn't mean that you Right, like well that it. solves that problem. Has anybody else got anything of wood I can try mending? <laughs> Turk is sitting very quietly on the other side of the fire. <laughs> I tap, I tap the... Uh, Tikamir taps the pipe with the other end of the staff and casts mending. Wonderful. Um, as you do, you notice small... Shoots grow off certain parts of the panpipe, like around where you mended it, although the other areas are unaffected. Hmm. Something's tainted my magic. It's the awake- Maybe it's all those years you spent rusted up and useless in the forest. No, it's the awakening. The forest is sick. Cherk and I can feel it intrinsically. It's sick. There's something not right. It seems. It seems when I cast a spell on anything made of wood or stone or anything of the forest it causes it to grow or things to grow on it i i pick up the remnants of my pan flute and safely tuck them away to be repaired another day chuck hesitantly walks over to tikamir and says don't break anything but you're welcome to try and cast mending just on me, just to see if it has an effect. But you're not broken. I w- First human trial. Man. You're not an inanimate object. Yeah. But... yeah look, I, the, 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 well, I mean, actually, uh, I'm no, sorry, I, I, yeah. I don't mean to assume. <laughs> I'm clearly not. A, is not I'm inanimate. clearly not an inanimate object. He got. But sorry, the, they got up and walked over to you. That's that's clearly not yeah. inanimate. No, it was an offer. It was an it was an offer more in scientific inquiry rather than against the inanimate. technical technical. Look, you break my finger. We'll see what happens. Well, I'll I'll try tapping him and casting mending. Though it doesn't look like anything's broken to be mended. No, nothing happens. Am, am I an, an, an animate object? No. No, you're definitely very animate. <laughs> so it reaches down and gives Huddleford the... a pat. 
I was thinking about the rock as well. If you break a rock, don't you just have two rocks? Yes. Hmm. But if you join them it's back together, really you still have... Then you have one rock. It's maths. Uh-huh. That's why maths is boring. Because there's just it's just rocks. That checks out. Yeah. Yeah. Seems legit. Can I have that flute back for a second, please? <laughs> <laughs> you just get a like you just get a blank beady eyed stare. I've got one more thing to try. I'll hand over a wooden chess piece. I assume I still have that chess set. Yeah. Yeah, I'll hand over a, a wooden chess piece. Tikamir takes the chess piece, breaks it in half, and then casts mending on it. Yeah. Again, you you notice small shoots of, of like plant growth um, sprouting from where the mend took place. I like this better. Do all of them. <sighs> Tikamir places the chess piece on a sort of waist-high rock or tree branch nearby, and uh, the the monocle slides into place over his eye from within his skull, and again he he brings his quarterstaff around and taps the top of the uh, taps the top of the chess piece with its shoots and casts speak with inanimate object. Oh, dang. Okay. Cool. Hotifer's just got to plonk on his butt and just stare intently and watch this. Yeah, Hoonan, Hoonan's definitely interested to see how this pans out. Can you hear me, little rook? Sorry, I had a joke and I was, and I'm not going to do it. Ah! You had a joke. I was going to ask the flute to tell me about the bad man blowing it. Um. <laughs> No, no. Well, I was going to go with the pawn, and it was going to go very badly, okay? It was going to be impressed, all right? It's a serious yeah. podcast. They're all terrible people. They're all terrible people. Can you hear me, little rook? <laughs> I hear. Can you tell me? No. How do you feel? I don't feel. I merely am. Aye, but you've got wee things growing out of you. They're not normally there. That is different. I see. So, it, uh, you, you feel the same as always, just with sprouts. If you could look around, it would. Ah. Yes. I am complete. For a while I was not. This is better. Better, you say? Better than How being better? incomplete. And what about before you were incomplete? I was complete then. Then I was incomplete. Jack, now I am complete again. Jerk, who's he talking to? I think he's talking to your chest piece. I think the rust may have broken his brain. Maybe your chest piece is alive you... now. 
I'm just imagining do that you remember Hubblefoot has had several conversations with the chess pieces. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. He leans in closer. He's trying to hear. <laughs> do you remember ever being part of a tree? No. I remember nah. there was pain. And then I was complete. And then uh, back to sleep. I was incomplete. Drop the spell. Did it work? Uh, this thing's about as bright as your aunt. I flick it back to Huddleford. Do you know my aunt? She's a tree now. Hey. She was a druid. And about his. And then she can. Muned with a tree, and it's a long story, really. But your aunt's got it's wood. Is that God. what you're saying? You may want to tell me that someday. I'm pretty down to listen to long stories. Okay. Sure. Next time we're walking together, I'll tell you the story. Sounds good. Like, whenever whenever that occurs, like he's already planned to embellish the story wherever possible. <laughs> All stories need fixing and refining. Well, whatever's going on here, we're going to need more than a brain-dead chess piece to tell us the story. Mm. Yep. If you don't mind, I think I'm going to go for a walk, find myself the nearest ley line. Okay. Uh, God, I need to get laid. <laughs> well, I'm going to have some food and a smoke and then a, and a kip. Chuck uh, just stands up uh, on the... just inside the outskirts of the, of the clearing and just in line with the tree line and just goes into kind of a watchful, restful state. Grizz is already falling <laughs> I just get uh, the feeling that Huddleford would curl up next to Grizz like, I got a teddy bear. Oh, absolutely. Hoonan... <laughs> yeah, it's like, roll reverse. <laughs> Hoonan will sit by the fireplace and pull out the coin that he received a couple of... probably a day or so ago. Mm-hmm. And just turn it over in his hand. And, and check it out. Okay. The coin is extraordinarily shiny, especially by yep. any kind of light. It just it just shines yep. and reflects beautifully. Yeah, I'd probably just be entranced with it and sit there for a, for a couple of hours before putting it away and then going to bed. Excellent. Uh, how's everyone else feeling? Um, asleep, insofar as Chuck sleeps. Excellent. Is anyone keeping watch? No. Well, it, what Tikamir does will depend on whether or not he can sense a ley line within a mile of the camp. Not within a mile, no. 
You get the faint glimmering that closer towards your destination, there may be something a bit more substantial, uh, but there's nothing of note. There's no ley lines near you. Okay. Cool. Well, in that case, he heads back to the camp and uh, begins his nightly repair routine. Excellent. And I think that's been about 45 minutes. Uh, the next day dawns. Uh, none of you have been harassed or bitten or eaten by anything. None of you are covered in snow or rust or anything. Um, the night passed wonderfully uneventfully, and you greet the new day, ready for adventure. Yay! Cool. Wonderful. And right. Tikumi. Oh yeah. Tikumi, uh, as they start to pack up, he says, "I realise that." Uh, I realize that you may be used to your fleshy bodies, but it's been a while since I've been quite so weak as you. Uh, Rude. Do you think maybe today we could put on a bit more of a pace? Uh, do you think maybe we can we can get there and uh, not faff around quite so much? Yeah, I can turn into stuff. Well, uh, I've got something that may help. Uh, you, big lad, do you think you can carry the spiky one? Wait, are you pointing to... Grizz or Chuck when you say big lad? Yes. yes. It could go either way. <laughs> <laughs> I, guess we look at uh, uh, I think it's talking to you. But, yeah, well, yeah I, I, can, I can carry Huddleshit. Why don't you pick him up? I, and uh, with that, with that Tikamir proceeds to uh, cast Tireless on himself and the other three members of the party. Cool. Excellent. As you do? cast that spell, Sorry, um, wait. some of the bushes around you, their, their leaves seem to shine with just a kind of brand new health and vitality. So, you said the other three members of the party. So not Huddleford because I'm carrying him is my assumption there. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. Okay, cool. Just wanted to double check. So, with Tireless, for 24 hours, no one requires any food or drink. Cool. Can move three times normal speed and do three times the usual amount of labor. Um, immune to any non-magical exhaustion and suffer no consequences for not sleeping or for overexertion. So, for 24 hours, we can just power through the forest until we get there. Except for Huddleford, who's basically sitting cool. on my shoulder snacking. That's right. He's probably smoking as well. Wouldn't surprise me. Yep. Just keep the pipe away from. <laughs> just keep the pipe away from my hair. Thank you. Oh, sorry. And I'll, I'll cut out a little bit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Reminds me of that scene Let's in go. Lord of the Rings with the the hobbits in the, in the Trent, and they're just like smoking their pipes <laughs> while he's just walking. Yeah. All right. And we will end that episode there. Uh. As the par- we'll end it in a minute or two. I got a little time. Um, so as the party powers on through, you continue your journey through the thick woods. When you suddenly come to a more open area with a, a lush carpet of grass instead of the underbrush you've been fighting so hard all day, this area is dominated by a singularly massive tree. Its trunk possibly fifteen feet in width. A barefoot woman at its base, gazing gazing up, yells. Don't move, stay still! She calls up with worry in her voice. 
And on that, we will leave the episode there um, because it is almost midnight and Josh does need to sleep at some point, as as do we all. No, we just had tireless cast on us. <laughs> oh god, that's a spell Let's I just wish power existed through. in real life. <laughs> that wasn't cast on the DM, unfortunately. Yeah, look, if look, um, <laughs> the company I work for produces uh, used to produce a, a a product that features a thing called ribose. Um, it's essentially something that helps the body produce insane amounts of energy, but cleanly. Do not ever add that to coffee. <laughs> my god I was halfway to work and I realised I'd left the car at home <laughs> only time I ever got a speeding ticket but enough of my criminal proclivities um, Heath if people want to get you and they should um, where should they look for your wit and wisdom and knowledge at, of um, Erina breeding habits. Uh, at Huddleford on the Twitters. Excellent. Dan? Uh, I am uh, at ScaryDan on the Twitters and Scary.Dan on Instagram if you like cat pictures. Which, why Who wouldn't doesn't? you? You're on the internet. Yeah, exactly. Um, Daniel, I didn't mention you last time because I know you don't do the Twitters. Yeah, no, it's fine to, to skip me. I don't really have any sort of presence other than Facebook, so that's about it. Follow Dan Cakes on LinkedIn. <laughs> I think Anthony. it's going to take off. I might change my name to that. I might change my name to that, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Anthony, please tell us about your podcast. Yeah, people can find me at tales underscore DM. Uh, I do a podcast where I interview new uh, dungeon masters about how they go about the game and and how things are just in general it's good fun excellent and um cameron people should look you up because this is kind of how a lot of this group got to know each other excellent um and I actually do another podcast now, people. Better Homes and Dungeons. And I also own the domain, betterhomesanddungeons.net. And you need to send me your waist size so I can make you an apron. Oh, I broke Josh. Yes, finally! <laughs> <laughs> I told Natalie about that and she just looked at me like, I don't. I want a Better Homes and Dungeons apron. That sounds great. Yeah, I'd buy one. Yeah, team team uh, team aprons. <laughs> wait, wait till wait till I tell you guys about the logo. It's going to be great. Uh, but yes, I can I can actually be found on Twitter, Nerdy People D D. Uh, until then, everyone, I hope you enjoyed this as much as we're enjoying it. I don't know if that's possible, but I I can hope. Um, but until next fortnight. Bye. 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 Okay, stop recording. Yep. <laughs>